This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Tina Amini. Hello. Sam Claiborne. Scoop. And Justin Davis. Scoop. And we have a great show for you this week. Uh, It's an audio-only show this week, uh, so apologies to all of our uh, regular viewers uh, that like to watch the show. It's a good-only show. On on YouTube. What do you mean, good-only? You said it was great. Great show. No, it's still going to be a great show. It was a great show <laughs> for years before there was a video happening here. <laughs> now no one no one knows when I'm holding up my copper sphere, though. We should create an audio cue. Like, <laughs> ding! We need sound effects. When you hear the chime, turn the page. Tina's uh, right. In general, we need sound effects. It's, uh, yeah, especially in, these times. In all seriousness, yep. uh, no, uh, our whole video team is ramping up to put on a big live show for Gamescom next week. They just didn't have the resources to video uh, this episode. But know that we'll be back with video next week. This is only temporary. Apologies, but you can still enjoy uh, our the dulcet towns, sounds of our voices. And but you're my... missing so many cat kisses. There are lots oh. of cat kisses happening. Um, let's see. We've got a great show. As I said, we're going to talk about the new uh, user interface for uh, Xbox, which is more exciting than it sounds. We're going to talk about how developers <laughs> are making use of the DualSense for the PlayStation 5. But first, updates. Important updates on the Halo Infinite delay. Uh, an investigative report from Thurit, which is maybe a, a strange source because I think it's a tech podcast as far as I understand. Uh, But this report delves into uh, what they call a, quote, turbulent development cycle for Halo Infinite. goes into a number of factors that have contributed to uh, the the game's rocky development and 
now delay. So one major factor apparently in Infinite's delay stems from the fact that a significant portion of the game is being outsourced to third-party contractors. And this isn't unusual, especially with AAA games, uh, but the report suggests that the level of outsourcing for Halo Infinite was unusually high, and the coordination between the many different companies contributing to Infinite has been rough at best. Does this, uh, you know, Xbox's whole problem uh, all along this generation has been getting its you know, strong exclusives, and it's, it's, uh, it's been buying up studios. Uh, they've got the coalition now. Uh, buying up studios so that they can actually own these developers making these games. So does it surprise you that they would be leaning so much on outsourcing the biggest of their big, big, big AAA exclusives? They're thinking. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> there's a difference between what like because as you mentioned and as the article mentions outsourcing is not um and like a non-industry standard it is an industry standard so no that's not surprising i think the specific accusation that it was abnormal was also kind of inherently tied to the tv show comments which were afterwards debunked so it seems like there's there's something going on there where we don't exactly have like the right picture or perhaps the author didn't have the um proper picture to really make that assessment uh, that what's going on is ab- is like an abnormal level of outsourcing and that that's the core of their problems. Yeah, I think part of the reason there's a little hesitation before we answered is because, you know, large chunks of every AAA game are outsourced, you know, uh, including a lot of like Uncharted comes to mind for me. Like a lot of those are assets were outsourced outside of Naughty Dog. And like, so it's hard to say, did Halo Infinite have even more... <laughs> you know, not happening within 343 than that? Or was it just sort of standard, like, well, look, to make any big, gigantic AAA game, like, you know, you have to have contractors and third parties pitching in on providing art assets and, and you know, level design assets. Um, I know how, you know, what IGN makes is a lot less complicated than a big AAA video game, and obviously it threw us for a loop figuring out how to continue even operating our business. So I feel for AAA devs that have had to sort of reinvent their their workflows on the fly like this yeah it's weird it's also be- important to notice that like outsource like we technically outsource we have freelancers that counts as outsourcing right but like it still has it still goes through all of the um avenues that it needs to to make sure that it's the ign voice that it's been edited by a staff member so i imagine there are like checks and balances in terms of like you don't have you're, you're not necessarily outsourcing core elements uh in a way that would be detracting from the overall vision or direction um, of whatever creative medium you're working on. So it's, it was just so insubstantial a comment. Um, and honestly, like the entirety of the article was just written in a strange way. Um, I, I can't exactly say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming for a lot of this stuff, but when you're talking about your sourcing, you're pretty explicit with the wording that you use. So saying stuff like, you know, a source familiar with the development plans, um, and then later multiple sources familiar with some other avenue. Like it felt to me like, pieces of a story that had been told over time congregating in one area without maybe those those elements of reporting actually speaking to each other in one direct uh, cohesive storyline. Mm. Yeah, I think that the, the 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 very nature of outsourcing is is like it's just helpful. Like we know that when you say like I can break off pieces of this development and send it out, like they know what they're doing. They're doing that that right. And like what I would the thing that I would expect is for something like 
oh, one of our outsources sort went out of business or something like that. Like, that's like a disruption. Like, just saying, like, oh, they're using a bunch of resources to build a big game. Like, that's not really, it doesn't sound like a disruption to me. And I don't really understand how it would be handled that way. And then the fact that the other part of this, which I know you're getting to, was, you know, proclaimed as bogus and understandably bogus. I don't really think that, I, I still don't think we know why Halo is delayed. I, I, except for what they said. I wasn't going to get to the TV show thing. That That's okay. not the part that was interesting to me. Okay. The part that was interesting to me is uh, the fact that supposedly their trailer that they showed at E3 last year, their big trailer, was outsourced while the game was not playable yet. And the trailer looked so good, it <laughs> oversold expectations for uh, Halo Infinite's gameplay demo, which we saw this year. And of course, there was a lot of mixed reaction to a lot of people were very unimpressed with its visuals that's the part that was really interesting to me mm. okay but well you is, know that is... go ahead dan uh all like the, the idea of outsourcing a trailer is like the most common thing there's entire studios that make game trailers for that's that's the only thing they do is that people go to them and they make them a really flashy trailer based on their their stuff so yeah that's there, very are, there are companies that do that in particular and so like, I, I would want to know what elements of that outsourcing were actually happening. Like, are they creating their own character models and doing their own animations? Or are they taking assets, which is more likely, are they taking assets from 343 and then just cutting that into a specific way? It really depends on, like, what elements of outsourcing. That's why the story to me read weirdly, because it was lacking in a lot of detail to really think about what was being told. Um, so I still don't have a picture of what the reporter was attempting to kind of illustrate. Um, and then obviously some of the debunking, like it just kind of threw everything into question marks. I mean, it's definitely like, you know, I've def- I defended Halo Infinite on this show a week or two ago, like an open world game running at 4K 60 FPS. And so, you know, and I'm a Halo fan, but like we are seeing more and more smoke that like things with Infinite maybe are not in a great place. Like whether this reporting is credible or good or not, like... The game was delayed. Halo 5 came out in 2015, and it was not, you know, 343 has had the franchise almost as long as Bungie had the franchise, so they can't even claim that they're still, like, coming to grips with, like, what it means to make a Halo game. Like, they've been making Halo games for a long, long time, and yet this one is now six years in development. Um, I don't know. It's not great. (laughs) Like, I am excited for Infinite, and I really want to play it and want to get back to that style of FPS, and um, and that just appeals to me personally. But you know, I I um, I'm getting a little bit worried for the game. I have to I have to confess. Based off of a delay, or just in general, feeling like the quality has changed over time. Mm, Well, I still think the game's going to be really fun to play, but um, I think it's just like. Why is it taking so long? Why is it taking them six years to make and release this game? Maybe they're working on Rockstar time. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, right? I mean, quality has no correlation with time. Like Duke Nukem versus Red Dead Redemption 2. I mean, yeah. they both took a hugely long time to make. Like, it's really interesting to know that. It, 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 maybe it's about, you know, clearly it's more about how do you use your resources and how do you use... Uh, and what kind of organization are, are you running than it is about the time you have to do it. Yeah, I mean, to Justin's point, talking about uh, really starting to see some smoke around Halo Infinite, its gameplay reveal had very mixed 
reception. There's uh, rumors about the single-player and multiplayer campaigns being uh, delivered separately. Then the game's delayed. Then there's a report like this. So it's just, it's just sort of like a, a mounting sort of... Well, yeah. I mean, I just keep coming back to why. Like, why, why is it taking so long? It, like, I know AAA games are getting harder and harder to make. And, you know, we are in a pandemic, right, when they're at their finish line uh, or what would, would have been their finish line. But, like, they're in an abnormally long development cycle at this point, which seems to indicate that there's a story behind the scenes that, like, you know, we, we're not privy to. I know one reason that I can tell you for sure. And that's that they were always targeting this to be something that they show off with their next gen or, or at one point launch their next gen system. And so it's like the development of that system and what it is directly affects Halo. And they're not like Nintendo where Nintendo's like, let's make a system that really backs up this game, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then they just like, and that's a really cool philosophy, right? Like, I really like that about Nintendo. Like, wh- wh- how do we make Wii Sports work? Well, let's just make a whole console for it instead of at making an add-on for the the GameCube. But I, you know, like I think this has been co-developed in that weird way where it's like once they settled on what Series X is, like maybe it was hard to to cram Halo into what Series X is. I mean, my suspicion is also that you know feedback was so mixed and pretty negative from that uh, recent um, showcase reveal gameplay reveal, which I was surprised by. Um, I guess to a degree. But I assume it's more of a like, okay, let's take time and consideration and take feedback at heart because Xbox has always been like, you know, a company, especially of of late to like look at that stuff and take it really seriously and try to address it. So the timing of it, because it came so soon after that, to me felt like it was a direct result of some of the feedback they they that they'd gotten. But this, you know, news stories is kind of pinpointing a bunch of things at once, like oh, the marketing team and the development team wasn't on the same page. And so, you know, there's friction there. There's friction there always in so many different companies. (laughs) That is not a unique thing to 343 or any of the Xbox studios. Like that is like, it it just almost seems to be like, well, here, here are all the things that are difficult about development. And that's why it was delayed. Like, yeah, probably that is probably accurate. Moving on, but sticking with Xbox, Xbox did show off uh, its new user interface for both the Xbox Series X and Xbox One. Uh, It's all about speed. It says uh, Microsoft claims that the home screen will load more than 50% faster when booting up the system and around 30% faster when returning from a game. But uh, the aspect that I thought was really cool is how the system will connect to mobile devices using a new Xbox mobile app. And when you capture a gameplay clip, it will automatically be sent to your to the mobile app on your phone, making it easy to share to your social media of choice. I think that sounds really cool. That's the best part about that new yeah. reveal. Like it is such a pain it's to so, type in right? the text for my tweets. And then also you you interrupt your gameplay. Like I wanna be able to quickly do the screenshot, keep playing, especially if it's a multiplayer game. Um, you can't be interrupted like with a, you know, did you want to share to Twitter screen? So mm-hmm. like having it just live on your phone, quickly type it out and then get back to it sounds yeah. efficient and exactly how everybody would want to actually use it. Yeah. It's really smart. It's really intuitive. And I think, it, you, Tina, I think you're exactly right. It shows a deep understanding and like uh, uh, putting themselves in the mindset of how people are playing games in 2020 and consuming with their games. And, um, and it, it, you know, it's impressive. Um, and the, you know, the boot up time, the UI time, the sluggishness is like, that's not insignificant either. Like it mm-hmm. takes a while to get into the PS4 and the Xbox One, frankly. Um, 
And like I find myself sometimes playing Switch games just because it's a lot more pick up and go than um, than those two consoles are. Yep. Yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, the the actual fun thing they kind of called out like you know how much easier it is to enter just text right and I, I, and that that's really cool. Um, it also makes me think like why haven't I just been using my phone to input in, you know, input text this whole time on these systems? It's crazy, right? It's just a keyboard yeah. in your hand. It's at least better than a controller. Um, and so uh, when I when I was looking at that UI. Uh, presentation i also noticed that um it's uh well one thing is that it, it's coming to xbox one mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. and so like i think those stats that they said they kept on saying that that was for like the speed of the new ui the, the os basically um i think that might be like upgrades we're going to see on like across all xboxes and then it'll probably be even faster on the the next system i mean i don't know but like they're saying that for like a, a ui that they improved across all their systems so that's interesting and uh, the other thing i noticed is that um like I, I really don't like the home screen um, setup of, of Microsoft. Like you have to kind of basically pin a bunch of things to make it as good as Switch's home screen, which is just to show me the damn games I'm playing. Right? I just want a grid of the games that I'm playing. Like mm-hmm. that's is that it's it's too much to ask with Microsoft, though, right? It, so their home screen, they showed it. It's the same shit. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like well, we improved the home screen. Like, but if you have a home screen, that's the problem. Like I yeah. want I, I want, well, what I want if my the home library. screen. What if the home screen is pulling from, because I tried to look at that too, because it is obnoxious mm-hmm. like to have to specifically pin things and unpin them when you're done playing the game or whatever it is, um, or the app. Uh, but are, are you sure that you detected that it wasn't pulling from your most recent? No, it, like it, it has said, like, more slots for that. It has more slots for like the things that are going on. And in fact, like the, the system has gotten better like you know since it launched and stuff like that like now it has like the most recent thing you played and stuff like that and you can set it up but uh yeah it has more spaces and i think like like you know they could make recency and like your queue and stuff but like let's let's face it like that's not like the motivation of that home screen um just like netflix like when you go on netflix it's kind of hard to find the thing that you were just watching sometimes Hmm. uh, a lot of the time because they want to show you a bunch of new flashy things like i'm in the middle of watching avatar and it's on Netflix. And all I get when I go there is like the legend of Korra. Like it's at the top of the thing. It's like saying all this stuff. And I'm like, what the heck? And I have to go, like, go down to my, like, you know, what I'm currently watching. Don't see my avatar stuff, which is like so silly. Like, I just can't believe that. What at is- least it's not like Hulu. You have to go to an entire other page just to see it instead of yeah. scrolling down one column. Yeah. Hulu's oh my insane. God, Hulu. Yeah. When you, when you're watching a show on Hulu and you want to see more episodes, you have to like, hit like a secret button on your controller to even like get into <laughs> yeah, the exactly. screen because there's nowhere on the screen you can navigate to. It's like six clicks. It's it's nuts. Yeah. Um, I think the Xbox One has the worst UI of any console ever. Wow. Um, I think it's un- like it's so confusing and bad and like I'm not a dummy, I don't think. <laughs> um, and like I, like I could not find, I'm like, I don't know how to find the game I was playing yesterday. Like, I don't know what to do. I have to like hit a trigger and then go down and like figure it out. Cause I hadn't pinned it. And so, um, I share some of, you know, Tina and Sam's skepticism around like, you know, okay. Like, is this really going to be like that improved? But like, it just looks like they seem to get it and they seem to understand that they didn't have it right with the Xbox one. And so I'm pleased to see them, you know, giving it another shot on the series X and that it is going to, you know, sort of go back and benefit gamers that are sticking with the Xbox one for a few more years as well. Look, our listeners, I want, I don't know if they care about this topic. (laughs) 
it's something we talk about in our office all the time. And like, I think it's really funny how we, we can play and talk about this and try to, you know, suggest improvements and get excited when we see it. But I don't know how much people care about this stuff. I'm interested about the UI. But I just think everything next gen is interesting, right? Yeah. Like, I just think it's all interesting. The UI of your console is something you look at every day. Yeah, that's true. Xbox is always from the very beginning. The Xbox 360 launched with that Blades UI, right? And then by the end of the Xbox 360, like that was completely gone. Like they'd completely gotten rid of it. So it's like their willingness and like, you know, sort of courage or whatever risk taking to like completely reinvent themselves mid generation or like they're very different than Sony in that way. Who the cross media bar is really unpopular. I think it's great and logical and makes sense to me. Um, but they they stick with it, right? And then the next console usually does something completely completely different. Um, although they have seemed to kind of landed on that cross media setup because I was on the Vita as well. But um, uh, you guys all use the uh, the sleep setting. I, that's like my favorite thing in the world, where you um, just like turn off the console and then you pop back into your game. Well, that's like the best thing. That's what I've been doing on uh, PS4 as I play through Ghost. But it still takes a while to wake up from sleep and to also get me back in the game. Are you on a pro? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I just, I really like to be able the, the, the ability to just like blink off the, the system and like come back to where you are. I don't pause screen. Like I don't even save anymore. Like I didn't save once with, I saved once with ghost. That was the only time ghost, I ever did it. Because there's a bug. Ghost auto saves pretty often. So that's, that's yeah. nice. Well, and um, when you die, it always sends you back only like 15 seconds or that's something. True. Like it's pretty, yeah, pretty easy. True. Uh, before we move on, Sam, what do you think of avatar? I love it. It's Everybody so good. says it's great. Everybody says it's yeah. great. I have to watch it. You haven't seen it, Damon? I've never seen it. It's the oh, best man. show. It's a, it's a, I hear yeah, only good things, It's a great things, show. I've, it has a heart. Yeah. I've watched through Avatar twice, and like I have an itch to do it a third time, but I'm going to wait. Do it with the girls when they're a little older. Mm. Yeah, it's a great kid's show, too. I mean, it is a, <laughs> it is a kid's show, but... No, there's you know, it's, so many adult seasons. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying it pejoratively. Like, you know, yeah, I watched yeah. it as an adult two times by myself, so please believe mm-hmm. me. But, like, you know, it was on Nickelodeon. <laughs> it's it's like Steven Universe in that way. What I like about it so far is that it, it has um, a kind of, like, it's a kind of, like, patterned off for the Odyssey, where it's, like, you know, going from look, interesting location to interesting location and, and encountering a challenge. And I think that's really cool. I always like that type of narrative. And then everything's really fantastical and there's like really cool creature design and stuff in it. But uh, woven throughout that, it feels like that perfect, uh, it's perfectly written for kids uh, as in the kid actors. Like they are so, they act like kids and it's really funny. And the way that they, they are, you know, both, you know, they'll like say mean things to each other or they have good comebacks or they bicker. Like it's, it's hilarious. And it, it reminds me of the Goonies, right? Like yeah. that's like exactly that perfect feel where it's like kids don't act like little kids. You just, they, they're trying to act like adults a lot of the time. And they have these like kind of kid aspects that come through. That's what, like, it's written so well to, to, to nail that. Moving on to the PlayStation side of things. We have an article on IGN today uh, where PlayStation 5 developers are talking about how they're using the console's new features. And there's some pretty interesting stuff in here. So over at Insomniac uh, for Spider-Man Miles Morales, um, they're using the high-definition vibrations to replicate Spidey Sense. So uh, actually a quote from Brian Horton, the game's creative director, says, We'll be hinting to players which direction attacks are coming from by providing haptic feedback from the appropriate direction on the DualSense wireless controller. And I, I don't often get like, excited about the idea of like haptic feedback or something, but it actually sounds pretty cool. 
Like if you're holding the controller and from like the bottom right of it, you you feel like you know Spidey senses tingling. Something uh, behind your right shoulder is approaching. Yeah, I mean that's the switch with HD Rumble, right? Yeah, like it, it's very similar. Like it's hard to explain or articulate unless you've held it in your hands yourself. But like you know, there's really really meaningful differences in the way that that console rumbles that can convey very different feelings to you. That's uh, been put to use in some good in some games. Glad to see that. Uh, I don't know if it's like the exact same tech in terms of like the actuators in the console, but like at least the similar concept coming to the other consoles as well. Mm-hmm. Tina, this is one of my favorite cat tricks was just to pick up the pillow the cat's sleeping on, and I call that a magic carpet ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could be all so lucky. Also, with- <laughs> yeah, haptics are like not the sexiest thing. And I, I always, always have to wonder if I'm in the middle of a, like a big gunfight or, or battle or whatever else, am I actually going to, is my brain actually going to register what they're trying to indicate to me? Or am I going to be so enthralled by what's <laughs> happening on screen? It's like, what, what's vibrating? And why only on the right side? Like, I, I don't know yeah. if I'm actually the kind of player to appreciate that kind of nuance, but I love that it opens all these like creative avenues for developers to like, just tinker around and play around with things. Like I do love the light bar. Um, at least for PS4 generation, just as a little okay. neat addition. You kind of nailed something there, where it's like y- you want you want informational input that you can process quickly and that you understand intuitively, which is sight and sound, right? But like the feeling of something in your hands shaking while you're in a gunfight, like that's that's not really something you intuitively process. You're gonna just gonna be like, why is my controller doing that? What is near me? What's happening? Like, it's just, it's, it's additional information that you don't need the input on at that time. It's like, it, it stresses me out to think about it. Um, but I also uh, wanted to mention that today, the uh, PS5, um, there was a PS5 trailer released today, like basically a, a commercial for the PS5, like just doesn't show any games or anything. It just shows like an experience. And it was singularly focused on sound. Yep. It was Pretty like audio. it showed this like well, yeah, woman running from like a monster and then in like like a weird like Vietnam like gunfight, which is like you know, Trent doesn't seem fun to be in. And then uh, and then uh, like some other stuff. And there was like the whole time then like the, the you know, the marketing around it was like, you know, hear this and you'll feel like you're there. So or feel this and you'll feel like you're there. It was just really interesting that it was about sound and, and, yeah. and feedback. Yeah, they've been on that soundtrack since like. GDC got canceled and yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, they've been like, uh, what was it? The, the big, uh, GDC, um, panel yeah, that they were supposed to do thing. that they ended up doing digitally mm-hmm. instead. Like it definitely seems to be at the forefront of the stuff that they're excited about and focused on kind of next gen engineering. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys were less impressed with the uh, Spidey sense than I was. How about this one? For Deathloop, uh, Deathloop's game director says, we do a lot of things to make weapons feel differently from one another. One I like is blocking the triggers when your weapon jams to give the player Ooh. an immediate feedback even before the animation plays out. It prompts the player in a physical way that they have to unjam their gun. I thought that was cool. That's so cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Why did you, I'll why turn did that off. Got a jam. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> yeah. want them to jam yeah. to begin with. That's well, true. It is flashbacks. Turn that off. That. <laughs> well, I'm sure you could turn off that feedback. But you can't turn off the mechanic in the game unless you put it on easy. Maybe. No, I want to. I want to turn that off. <laughs> this is the same um, issue I have with weapon breaking systems. Let's just have smooth, fluid combat experiences, please. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is flashbacks of like that. Far Cry Two. Um, 
So wait, wait. Do you think that means that they can re they can resist the trigger so much with the haptic feedback that like they can stop it from working? That's how. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, and then yeah, they, they've had it. Um, haven't they had that feature for like the um, DualShock Four where you can also do specific tensions when you're pulling on like a bow and arrow, for instance? Uh, Does the, the DualShock Four do that? I think that they've talked about how you'll be able to or do maybe that with the DualSense. Okay, maybe that's what it was then. I remember, I recall reading yeah, that, that the, was an the trigger would also, mm -hmm. yeah, be able to do that kind of finite input um, with how with how heavy you are on it. So yeah, it must be that one. That means if your if your gun's jammed, if you just pull the trigger really hard, if you just work out that finger and pull it really hard, the gun that's will true. shoot. Yeah, QTEs <laughs> have prepared us for this moment. <laughs> Um, okay, there's a couple, um, a couple retail listings have appeared for games that are not yet announced. Uh, I wonder how, uh, realistic these sound. One is for The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, the, uh, uh Wii game. A listing for that appeared on Amazon, uh, and was since pulled down, but the URL remains, and you can see, uh, Skyward Sword in the URL. This one seems fairly likely. Nintendo loves, uh, re-releasing its older Whoa. games. Next year is the 10th anniversary of Skyward Sword. Is that true? Oh, my yeah. God. That seems weird. Oh. My, I uh, man, I have, like, this, like, wall conspiracy theory developing right now where I think Nintendo is taking all of the things that they have that are not part of some kind of thematic presentation that they have. So it's like, you know, they did you got Pikmin out of the way and they got, uh, um, you know, Pokemon out of the way. And now, like... I, I'm wondering if they're going to have like a big presentation on Mario. Well, you know, yeah. like we, we heard a rumor about, or maybe there's one about like Zelda too. And like, maybe the, they're going to do like a, a thing like that. Zelda I mean, also. we haven't heard any other Zelda things. Zelda also. Yeah. Zelda two I think is it's, a fun game. I think it's clear. It's clear to me that like Nintendo wants to port, they want to port everything to the switch without being accused of or the switch developing a reputation as a, you know, a port machine. Right. Like, that's what they want. They want all their Wii U games that nobody bought and, you know, relevant Wii games, and they want to put them on the Switch, but they have to be strategic about it and space them out. And, like, they have to be a little bit thoughtful about it. Like, Mario Kart 8, which is the very best-selling game on the Switch, is a port, right? Like, that is a Wii U game. Um, so they've been doing it since launch, you know, and now with Pikmin 2. And so... Um, I do believe that Skyward Sword is coming. I think that they're feeling a little bit sensitive about the timing of it, and are, are they, maybe they don't want it lining up right with Pikmin. Maybe they're going to wait for the ten-year anniversary, and that'll yeah. be the perfect That's what excuse. I would guess. Yeah, I think like I, yeah, I know that game doesn't have a fantastic rep, but like I, you know, Damon, I'm in the same boat as you. Or I never played Skyward Sword. Like my Wii was already packed away by the time that game came out. So, like you know, I'm excited about it. I think it's the only. It's the only mainline Zelda I haven't played, I think. So, you know, like, yeah, yeah it's a good it's a good chance at, like, a new opportunity to have a, 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 you know, show off this old school, at this point, vision for what a Zelda game could be. You got a 10, so it has that reputation. <laughs> um, we, uh, there's a, uh, 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 people, you know, are worried about the, the, the commotion controls being adapted, right? Because <laughs> that game has... You, a unique thing for Zelda because this is not like Breath of the or this is not like uh, Twilight Princess where where it has a lot more sword swinging and and some controlling of like a, a beetle in the air and uh, and then bow and arrows and like out of those like I I'm worried 
uh, I think it'll be easy to fix all those. I want them to keep the motion controls for bow and arrow. I think that's awesome. It's like the one thing I like about uh, Breath of the Wild's motion controls, where it's like you have minute adjustments because you get to move your switch. I think it's so useful. Like it's it's actually the best use of motion controls for uh, that type of game. I think it's really great. I was playing a game recently, um, well, and uh, you know, Ghost is an example of this, where you have to uh, use a bow and arrow and you don't have that fine precision controls. Oh, I know what it was. It was Resident Evil 4 on Switch. Like, it would have been really helpful to have the, the motion controls when I wanted them in that game. It's kind of surprising. Wait. But Skyward Sword's not problem is also not motion controls. It's that it's a big hallway of Zelda and you just walk down it. <laughs> I mean, Hall of Zelda sounds pretty cool. Um, it turns out it's not. Okay, the other retail listing that showed up was for Prince of Persia, the 2008 game just called Prince of Persia, which was perhaps yeah. most notable for its unique, its very cool art style. Uh, that one was on. I a, love that game. That one was on a Guatemalan retailer for Switch and PS4. Hmm. So that would be interesting. I, I I only played a bit of it back in the day. I don't think I ever finished it. Um, but what's weird about that That's, one is that. Oh, sorry. What? It's the cell shaded one. That's why you said it's known yeah. for its graphics. Yeah. And by cell, I think that's a loose statement, right? It's not yeah. actually. It, it has like a sort of a it's cartoony, painterly art style to it. It's cool. Does this have realistic graphics? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, but it's weird that since this is a Ubisoft game, and the listing is only for Switch and PS4. It would be very strange for it to not be coming to Xbox. You know. Also strange to come to PS4, <laughs> right? I why? mean, if you're going to announce a game right now, why release it on the PS4? Well, if it's like, you know, a remaster of a last-gen game. You know. Yeah, there's there's 90 million reasons or however many PS4s are sold. Yeah, but um, like, why not have it for PS5? I just don't see why you're yeah. marketing. Well, you can go. do another beat sure. and sort that out. And there's a even more yeah. definitive edition for PS5. Mm-hmm. That game was really yeah. good. I really loved it. I have a real soft spot in my heart for that game. It got... You can't die or lose in that game. Hmm. Um, it's baked into the narrative of the game that at any time that would happen, instead time just sort of goes back, and then you know you get to keep going and try again, which is not any different than like dr- dying and then coming back and t- trying again. But they just you know they were a little bit ahead of their time, um, uh, you know, and put a new spin on like the longtime Prince of Persia like rewind mechanic. And I don't know, like that is a game that I sort of like Skyward Sword, I think deserves a second chance, another chance at, at uh, more people uh, getting a chance to experience it. Tina, did you ever also, play that one? Um, bits and pieces like you, Damon. Uh, that was one of those like uh, scenarios where someone else had the game and you get to try it out for a few rounds, um, but that's about it. So I would certainly uh, play the hell out of it. I think I'm obligated to, as someone who is Persian, to play anything with Persia in it. I did not watch the movie, though. I think I should refuse, continue to refuse to, from what I hear. Um, but yeah, I, I have a feeling like even even if some of the little details from that retail listing seem suspect, uh, I would not I would not be surprised if a Ubisoft game got leaked. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just by virtue of that, it seems believable. <laughs> yeah. Um, fun fact about that Prince of Persia, the prince is um, accompanied in that game by a woman named Elika, and Elika is uh, played by a voice actress named Kari Walgren that I went to college with, and she was... Oh, wow. We were in the theater department at University of Kansas oh, together. Theater. And now Small she's world, actually done... Her resume for voice acting in uh, animation and video games is very, very long. Wow. Well, I'm sure she'd know if it was legit. Oh, yeah. Let's check with her. No, I don't think she would. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Yeah, exactly. Let's share what we've been playing. Sam, have you been playing Battletoads? Yes, I have. And I have been playing the Battletoads. I like it. I, it has a fake out. It starts and it seems like it's going to be a really silly, um, kind of boring brawler game with uh, like not great writing and stuff like that. But uh, one of those things changes. It has really great writing and it has this like super over the top, well produced cartoon that runs through the whole game. Like it, it's it's incredible. Like, you know, if you just saw it offhanded, it would just look like it was a, you know, a, you know, a network or cable or Netflix like cartoon with like a huge budget behind it. And the writing's really good. It's really like that. And it really connects to the old game in a funny way. You know, it really makes fun of itself, of course, and stuff like that. But you do a lot of brawling, which is not the most fun gameplay. But uh, they switch it up with some boring driving and some uh, puzzle games, which I like. Puzzle games. Yeah. It's worth playing because it's charming. Like I would recommend it at this point because it's just like, oh, this is this is dumb fun. Like I, I'm an, I popped it down to easy from the start because I was like, I do not need to replay a brawler boss over and over again at this stage in my life. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to see like what it was all about. And like it's just a super, super high end, like playable cartoon. Not like Cuphead. It's not. A, I think Cuphead is a little annoying, but much more pretty. Hmm. Um, this is just fun and enjoyable. I was surprised that it was out. I didn't. I didn't even realize it was coming today. Out. Yeah, um, which is a little unfortunate because it's an Xbox exclusive, announced at E3, years in development, and then it, there wasn't really like any big fanfare when it was finally out. Counterpoint: It's Battletoads. <laughs> it is Battletoads. Uh, Justin, oh, there's Northern a lot is... of. In, I wanted to mention for our fans too. There's a lot of inside rare jokes in it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Justin, Lord of the Rings Online. What's the update? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I am I am playing Lord of the Rings online. I clocked my playtime. I am at fifty hours played now. Over, I mean, it's over like three weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe not too excessive, but still a lot. Um, I'm in I am in Angmar, which is an ancient fortress of evil to the north that now has been um, spoilers. Uh, you know, there's a new evil that's sort of overtaken it, and uh, and uh, yeah, Did you I'm go still... through the troll fells to get there. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I, and then up, well, yes and no. I sort of had to backtrack and go up there a different way. Um, okay. It's great. The inter- Fornost? Fornost is farther north. Okay. And yeah, so that'll, be, so that'll be next. And then the Misty Mountains are after that. Um, still loving the game. You still have August 31st is when, um, so that game's free to play, and then you have to buy quest packs, like, I'm going to get the quests to this region, and this region, and this region, but until August 31st, they're all free. Like, you can buy, it's like, it would cost like $150 to buy all this stuff, and you can just download them for free, just Google, like, Lord of the Rings free quest pack, and, like, I recommend everyone do it, because the game's free, and even if you never intend to play it, like, make an account, redeem that thing, and then you'll just have it if you ever want to check the game out down the line. That's what got me into it. And um, I think it was a really generous, cool, like, COVID-19-related thing that the developer did. Um, and then I also suspect that, like, you know, it's had this halo effect on mm-hmm. their business as well. Now these free players are transacting in other ways, so maybe it's working out well for everybody. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to Spiritfarer. Um, yeah, here's top- really good things. Tom Marks reviewed it for IGN and gave it a nine. Amazing. And I, I completely agree with that score. And it is probably my front runner for game of the year so far. Um, wow. It is really, really well written. It's basically a game where you uh, have this giant houseboat and um, 
that's like one of the main gameplay loops is adding new buildings to it. Like I have a garden and a farm and then you add homes for little people to move into. And then they all need help with different things. Like they're trying to help process things that happened in their past. It's sort of like, not like a heavy, deep storyline, but like they're kind of unhappy people and you're there to sort of like help them along and you can give them hugs and feed them food. And then, uh, and then they give you materials and things to upgrade your boat. Then you sail around the seas going on adventures on different islands and, um, Really, really gorgeous to look at. Really smooth playing game. Um, it plays like a platformer. Like your character is really responsive and can double jump and hover and stuff. But it's really more of just like going around and exploring these beautiful, gorgeous islands. Um, I love it. I'm playing handheld on my Switch. And every night I've run my Switch battery down completely. Wow. And then, you know, wanted to keep playing more. But then it's like it forces me to stop and put the game away. Otherwise, I'd be playing even more. Yeah, I'm hearing really great things about that one. Definitely playing it. Tina, what are you playing? Ghost of Tsushima, uh, and then I haven't transitioned off of that yet. Um, but wait, my overall... Wait, did you say you finished it or no? Yeah, yeah, okay. I finished it, yeah. So eventually I'm going to try Fall Guys, since that's all the rage these days. Um, but um, yeah, I, I've just come off of my Ghost of Tsushima high. Loved it all throughout. I realized... That initially I didn't love like a lot of the ghost abilities, A, because it kind of goes in contradiction with a lot of the narrative elements in terms of like you get shamed for it early on. And I feel like it it like starts a wedge between myself and my uncle um, obviously goes against the ways of the samurai, which is supposed to be the thing that you're most, uh, um, you know, cons- you're the thing that you're most concerned about and trying to conserve. Uh, and it doesn't really play well in the beginning. But then by the time I'm like midway to the end of the game, it really comes into its own. And I managed to spec out practically every single skill tree because there are many. There are many different little areas where you can level up. Um, so I ended up loving it and then really approached different missions differently. Like some of them actually the level design forces you to go stealth versus um, forcing you to, to play a different way because you're with an NBC that doesn't really like to play stealth. Mm-hmm. So that stuff is interesting. Um, and contrary to how I've played a lot of other RPGs, like despite having the option, there's always one that I end up preferring and I'll just play that all throughout. Um, but Ghost kind of challenged that and, and made me play in, in different um, avenues. But the one thing that by the end of it, I felt like uh, maybe had a different studio worked on on the same kind of game uh, if the focus was on some of the development around like the NPCs that you, the characters that you end up being companions with, like it, I had flashbacks to like Bioware games and wishing that the more time and energy that you spent with certain NPCs, it would impact the direction of the story. Obviously not something that um, they were going for uh, in terms of Ghost, but I felt like uh, it would have been such a cool experience to have that be part of it, but still loved it. I do no think, spoilers otherwise. I, I do think most of the like companions are, are like interesting and well-written and there's a lot of variety. Yeah. And they have backstories and you do go on journeys alongside them. It's just different than like, you know, a Mass Effect game where if you don't spend time working on things with them, you could potentially, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, like lose them in the series later mm-hmm. down the line if you're not paying attention to, to mm-hmm. their character's development alongside mm-hmm. yours. Yeah. I beat it too. What do you think? I, th- I feel the same way. I, I was like at the end, by the end of it, I thought that uh, um, it was just the most beautiful game. I really liked experience uh, experiencing looking at that world, and uh, the rest of it was like pretty good. Like I, I don't, I don't think it's an Assassin's Creed 
clone. I don't think it's that game. I, I think it's its own thing. And I would rather play more of that at this point than, uh, than an Assassin's Creed game. Uh, I just kind of rank them that way. So, well, good news. You will get to play more of that this fall when the free that was a really cool announcement. legends update mm-hmm. comes out. It's a free online co-op mode. Yeah. Uh, up to four yeah. players. So maybe we can do a little, uh, game scoop run. There you yeah. Go. And That's it looks so cool. like it has like scary like monsters and ghosts and stuff like that, which is like I think I think you know this game has like just very little light fantasy, um, yeah, light fantasy stuff. And like I think going like super heavy into fantasy and monsters, like in that with that gameplay and that series, that would be the coolest next step for it. I hope we get an undead nightmare for it too. Exactly, yeah, that mm. sort of thing. Yeah, that seems very cool. Um, I'm in Act Three, and I'm think I think I'm at the point where I can go on the final mission whenever I want, but there's still a bunch of other missions and stuff to do. So I just kind of have did to like you, decide when I'm ready. Did you get up I that mountain? Me I too. I love that moment too. Um, I haven't gone back to try and uh, find the flaming sword ability. Yet. You, th- you think it's worth it? Is it? Oh yeah. Okay. I'll make sure I'll do it then. It's rad. Yeah. And like a, a lot of the stuff with like getting everything in that game is just to have a lot more ammo. Right. You have like you have four options of like ammo to like use in a tough fight at that point. You know, you, you now have fire in addition to your smoke and your sticky bombs and all that stuff. Yeah. It's really fun. And that mission's kind of cool, too. <laughs> yeah, it's really neat. Yeah. It, um, I had the same problem you had, though, where I was just like, what? Why am I just freezing to death trying to get where I'm supposed <laughs> to be going? Yeah, I love, love, love the game. Uh I, it's probably my favorite game of the year so far. My uh, complaints would be like nitpicks. Like there are like like we've talked about before. There are basically the acts are divided into three areas of the island, and there aren't new things to explore and find in each area. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's fox trees. It's hot springs. It's uh, you know temples. It's just like the same. So there's only so many times I can follow a fox to a charm and be like you know excited and delighted in that. I wish they would have swapped that out a little bit. At least that, like with th- something like the haikus, it would be annoying, but it's so pretty. Yeah, like it shows true. you a a really cool live camera shot of something that or not live, but a yeah. camera shot of something that looks amazing. Plus, it's technically different every time because you're you're working with different, different sentences. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. I just mashed the triangle button. I don't really know. <laughs> Poetry. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin, do you know a game called Feria? No. It's how is uh, it spelled? Well, F-A-E-R-I-A. And I think it's a physical card game that a digital version of it just came out, uh, at least on Switch. It might be on other platforms, Ooh, too, I think. Steam. I'm looking at it right now on Steam. Yeah. So I have this that, looks... and I, I just haven't started it yet. That's my next thing I'm going to start. Uh, one of my favorite things about, you know, when a game like Hearthstone bursts onto the scene and then changes everything, the first thing you get are a million games that are like Hearthstone. But then the more interesting thing you get are other developers, you know, taking that card combat and, you know, deck building mechanic and like remixing it in different interesting ways. Like it says a card game where you gain 300 cards in less than 50 hours and go on a big single player adventure. Like, yeah. Oh, Damon, (laughs) this looks like a Justin game for sure. So after after go, I'm going to dive into that. Can oh, we not talk about that next week? Yep, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We'll play Fall Guys. We'll talk about that, okay. and that'll be fun. All right, Damon, you still got to play. You got to play Monster Train, man. Yeah, I, so good. yeah, I got to check that out. Um, <laughs> Tina Kim makes me uh, play Fall Guys for her every night, so we can talk about that. <laughs> I do have a a, com- a a complaint. I'd like to issue an official complaint with the developers <laughs> of Fall Guys on mm-hmm. uh, PS4. You cannot. Invert your uh, the camera. 
It's just not oh. an option. Uh, it's just like left to right. Well, <laughs> either way, I would want the oh, y-axis, but either way. Okay. I just can't believe in 2020 when games like uh, Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima are making such great advances for accessibility, this much uh, lighter lift of a game, Fall Guys, can't even be bothered to let you invert your camera. It's crazy. You know what's really cool? I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Maybe somebody's done this and gotten there ahead of me, but you could make a controller that just does that for you. Well, we've talked you, about you that could, on the show. You could do that on the hardware side. Someone... Like, uh, I think what don't they like modify retro yeah. consoles so that you can invert it for games that didn't. Yeah. Offer. Yeah. And so you could issue like a contemporary them. controller that just has like a switch on it that allows you to do that. It's, it's, it's silly that that's not a thing. If it is, it might be a thing. It may, maybe even an accessibility thing. And the reason I know that is because I'm looking at a, a, a joystick right now, which I wired backwards. And then I went into the game and everything felt like in those games where they turn on drunk mode or you like get hit by a, a hallucinogenic dart and then everything is backwards for like 20 seconds cool that's what it's like playing uh this pac-man machine over here right now not that's fun what, that's what it's like for me playing fall guys and that's the reason why i haven't won a game that's <laughs> got the it why. no other reason let's check in with the listeners Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Composer Boy did. Boy with an I. He said, I, I had an epiphany that Mario and Sonic went to Tokyo for the 2020 Olympics, but in real life, nobody went to Tokyo for the 2020 Olympics due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Are there any other games that you guys can think of like this where a game came out before a presumed event and ended up getting canceled or the event got canceled? Now, I wonder if we end up having major disruptions to the NFL, other similar situations. Does Madden continue with business as usual? In the future, would these 2020 anomaly video games hold more collectible value or have some sort of appeal because of their place in history? Well, so, first of all, I can't think of a lot of other examples beyond Mario and Sonic at the 2020 Olympic Games. But that, I don't Sam, what do you think? Is that going to be more of a collector's item now? No, it'll be a collector's item if it comes out on a you know a system at the end of its life in a very low print run. That's what makes something a collector's item. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like I, I gotta say too, like that that that's that it, it, it I think that game's pretty popular. I know we you know, like our, we probably don't play it. Yeah, but like I think the reason that they keep making them is because they keep selling. So I think it's a quirk, though. I mean, you can see uh, uh, th- there's plenty of games that you know take place around things that don't exist anymore. One of those. Yeah. Did you guys see that they used the fireworks and they just let, lit them off the Olympics fireworks as they were going to expire? Oh. And so, like, where no. wh- was it? Sochi? <laughs> is that where it is? It was in Tokyo. Oh, the Tokyo. Olympics yeah, it's are right. going to be in yeah, Tokyo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. The Summer Olympics. Yeah, yeah. So they just were like, okay, we have all these fireworks and they have an expiration date and they were supposed to be used this summer. So the other night, like this week, they just lit them all off for anybody who wanted to see them, and they were amazing. <laughs> Like I watch, I never, I like, I don't like look up videos of fireworks, but I watched a little bit of that when it came through my like feed and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is really cool. Um, High tech fireworks. The, uh, the, the truly, hold on. Sorry. Snopes says false. Oh, really? Uh, Uh, That's a really, that's a really weird thing to fake. I was in Tokyo (laughs) around this time of year, two years ago, and they Hmm. do fireworks in the summer in Tokyo. Ah, Okay. So so must, make, I think it was just their regular minute. summer fireworks that they do in Tokyo, which is a little mm-hmm. odd to do in a major metropolitan area, but it's very cool. What uh, was the, uh, why did they light a torch and stuff? I don't know about <laughs> the torch. 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding with the torch. <laughs> Got it. They, 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 the torch, the, the fuel is going to expire. Yeah, they light that torch every summer. <laughs> just weird to do in a major metropolitan area. <laughs> you guys. And that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Robert Nugent. Not sure if there's any relation. To Ted Nugent? (laughs) (laughs) Why? They have the same last name, Sam. How many Nugents can they be? That's good detective work there. (laughs) The original Amboy did. They are. I just said I don't know if there's any relation. And you Mm -hmm. don't know either. I don't. Maybe he's. uh, He could be related to anybody. Oh boy, named. You can be you can be related to somebody without sharing a name as well. I'm not sure if that's true. Is, but anyway, okay. Th- I think I know this one. Is it Big Buck Hunter? <laughs> yeah, it's Redneck Rampage. <laughs> Remember, if you're wrong, you lose. I'm. I think we can we agree to go with Big Buck Hunter. <laughs> we'll start with some questions first. Let the questioning begin. Fine. We uh, Tina when Sam. Uh, when Seth was on the show in your place, we had a really cute moment where we discussed, like, do we want to play the game to win or do we want to play the game just to goof? And Sam was one to, or Seth wanted to play for win to win. Yeah. And, and remember why? Because he could face his kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I told Tina that. And you guys won. <laughs> See, there you go. He, he made it through. Yeah. Good and job, I don't guys. want to face his Good kids job, and lose either, frankly. So let's win. Mm hmm. I don't even want to face his kids if we if we lose. <laughs> All right, let's just do this. Did this game come out after two thousand and three? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Uh, did this uh, was this on? Uh, was this a two D game? Yes. Was it a licensed game? No. Was this game uh, originally a sixteen bit? game yes oh okay uh was this on the super nintendo yes that's five <laughs> is this game on our top 100 super nintendo games list <laughs> that's a that's a great question but then we can't remember yeah we can't we can't look it up do you want me to I go just, and, do you want me to go Damon, i don't know yeah, well, no no we, damon can look it up but like we the three of us can't look it up right that wouldn't work because we, we don't know the game yet <laughs> so pass on uh, that question or no no i was just making a joke uh yeah no i think that's a good question i think he can look it up and and i just looked at that list like two days ago so i think we're nice made in the shade hopefully you have photographic memory in the you mind no i do i'm scrolling through the games on the list it's exciting i know it's not exciting should we ask you other questions while you do it you can Hold just on, control f done. Yeah, yeah, you can control F. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. How long have you worked at an, on the internet, Damon? Wait a second. Control what? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't anyone tell me about this years ago? <laughs> okay. Does this game appear on IGN's top 100 SNES games list? Yes. Nice. Okay, Sam, take it away. It's Kirby's Avalanche. Probably. is. Was this, uh, was this <laughs> game probably. also... <laughs> was this game also available on the Sega Genesis? No. Okay, an SNES exclusive then. Was this uh, published by Nintendo? No. 
Was this game developed? Well, I don't want to ask that, actually. Uh, was this game... I don't know. Are the central characters human? Central, like, the... Yeah, because I don't want to say, like, the protagonist. Why not? Necessarily. I don't know. I guess so. Yeah, well, is the protagonist human? What? Yes, the t- protagonist is human. Okay. Sounds like there's some non-humans in this game. Well, that's what I was trying to get at. Like, is yeah. the, the totality of the world... Yeah. Is this is the theme of this game human versus other? <laughs> Are you actually asking that? Sure, why not? Yes. Oh, there you go. That's human ver- human versus human, other. Human yeah. versus other. Yeah. <laughs> it could be That's like a- zombies hit my neighbors or um yeah. <laughs> human versus other is really funny. <laughs> that would be like the name of a metal album that like they <laughs> Or a video game. Yeah. Yeah. It is a good video game. That's yeah. what, like, I, I, I feel like we just slipped into, like, a parallel dimension where, like, there's some podcast discussing, you know, Human versus Other 8 that was just delayed into 2021. <laughs> I, I would like to get genre down here, like platformer or shooter. Mm. Yeah. Platform, yeah. Is this a platformer? Yes. <laughs> it's not Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> so an SNES exclusive platformer that's Human versus Other... <laughs> <laughs> that um that wasn't made by Nintendo. I'm thinking Adventure Island or something like that. Wait, wait do we confirm it wasn't made by Nintendo? Yeah. Uh, not published by Nintendo. Hmm. But they might have developed it and let somebody else publish it. <laughs> do you think that's ever happened? Yes, the, it has. The, there's there's Atari games on the Atari that Nintendo developed but Atari published. Weird. We solved this. Mm-hmm. And, C- and CDI, of course, published those games in their system. I don't uh, all right. uh, no, no, no. So, Nintendo didn't make the Wand of Gamelon. Oh, yeah, that's true. But they did make Super Mario, or they did make Mario Brothers. And that's on the Atari. They probably didn't program it, though. All right. Uh, I don't know where to go from here. Like, we should be able to get this. It's weird that a, uh, I think being a human and a platformer is kind of weird, honestly. Like, you said, usually you you're said an animal. It's not licensed, right? Right. We already asked that. Right. So mm-hmm. it can't be like, you know, I don't know, like Jurassic Park or any of those. Because mm-hmm. there was, you know, there was a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, was this game, was this game like cutesy and kid, like a kid friendly game? No. Is it worth asking if it's part of a series? I just can't yeah. think of. Mm-hmm. Is it part of a series? Yes. Mm. I should have asked if it's like currently. It's, it's it, could it be like, I don't know. It's we been on the did. show, but. It's Lost been a game before, but, it, you know, like Damon usually like Blackthorn, or like something like that. Yeah. Although flashback, that, Lost Vikings those are kind of those, those adulty ones. Yeah. A lot um, of those appeared on the Genesis, though. But now I don't know. I wouldn't call them platformers, though. That's what's that's what's throwing yeah. me off here is like jumping from platform to platform and uh, presumably killing robots or animals or something. Or bugs. Do you also, in addition yeah, to platforming, in addition to platforming, do you are you also like shooting guns and using weapons and stuff? Yes. I just the answer to that entire question yeah. is yes. It's probably not guns then. It's probably yeah. like a katana. Is there yeah. a ninja game? It's probably it's probably a ninja game. Is this a ninja game? No. That's fifteen. Oh. Well because yeah, I can't think of like a ninja game that's done versus other. <laughs> yeah, unless you're like Usually fighting versus like- own. Human human versus self. Human versus lots. The existential game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really tickled by human versus other. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> versus what? Versus bug? Could it be Strider? And, uh, was Strider on the Genesis? I gotta get off that, because I'm never gonna remember. Because we, we know, we didn't say it was a exclusive to Super Nintendo. I mean, Strider's definitely on the Genesis. Hey, what about Actraiser? Yeah, I know. I always think about Actraiser. But that's not a platformer. It's platformer parts of it. Actraiser 2 is. Half of it's a platformer. What if this is a what if this is like a Wizards and yeah, no, half of it is. Yeah. Ha- what if this is like a Wizards and Warriors era game or like a, a medieval game? Man, I don't what know. What would you be fighting? Dragons? Who knows? What, what was my train of thought before that? <laughs> Whatever's on the top Strider? 100 list. Uh, yeah. is, was this an arcade game also? This one wasn't. Oh, so one of one of the ones in the series is. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Man, Damn. what number are we on? We got like four left. Yeah, four left. Woof. Woof. Um, so. Something was. Oh, Joe and Matt, Caveman Ninja. But he said it's not a ninja game. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Oh god! I think it could be Joe and Mac too. Yeah, is this a? Is this a? Is it? Are we spending a question on this? I don't know. Is this a caveman? Is this a caveman game? No. Damn. <laughs> not a ninja game. Not a caveman would, game. Would you have said that it's not a ninja game if it was Joe and Mac caveman ninja? Oh, that's tough. Talk about <laughs> existential. <laughs> it's right there in the it, title. That one's human versus human. Sometimes though, so yeah. Are they humans? Or are they Neanderthals? Neanderthal. Well, I'm 5% Neanderthal and Denisovan, so am I human? Who knows? I don't know. I'm human. That, I'm yeah. human versus everything. <laughs> Every, everything versus me. Um, is this a is this versus alien? No. Ugh. You have one more question. Oh boy. And I guess. But Should it's not have? it's not versus dinosaur. It's not versus alien. You you jump and you I I don't think you shoot I think you probably slash maybe you do shoot yeah I'm thinking like it's like maybe medieval times or something hey what was that one what, demon's crest I know you play as a demon in that yeah that didn't have an arcade iteration though that's a good one um and we don't think it's like a a contra like could be was there any did we ask about guns I can't remember. Could, could, could this be? Could this just be Mega Man? <laughs> could this be Mega Man X? Is he a robot? He's not a human. Yeah, he's not he, a human. Yeah, he's a robot child. So it's not. It doesn't pass the test. <laughs> Mega Man is a robot yeah. child. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> it's a lie. Mega Man yeah. is a lie. Well, I don't want to prolong this longer than. I mean, I think we could get it, but I would just have to like mind palace it out. I, I don't really feel like doing that. So <laughs> it just takes um, so much energy. Yeah, I would like. I would like to find out what it's human versus, though, and that's like fascinating <laughs> to me. Um, should we ask zombies. animal or, or robot or zombies? I don't zombies, know. Human bugs, zombies games. Vampires, though. demons. Vampires. Yeah, undead. Uh, undead is an umbrella that covers a lot of it. Should we ask if it's human versus something else living to exclude <laughs> robots and vampires at the same time? Yeah. And zombies. Yeah. Is this human versus something else living? Sometimes. Oh. 
So it, is an, it. it does have an undead element, or there's like an undead boss or something. Hmm. That's it. <laughs> is this Castle? I mean, it could uh, be Super ghost, Castlevania. Super Ghosts and Goblins. Super Ghosts and Ghosts. That's yeah, or Super Castlevania 4. Like we, we, maybe we were pretty stupid in our line of questioning. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, think it's never goals, I think it's Super Ghosts and Ghosts. Okay. Do it. Is this Super Ghosts and Ghosts? It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> It wow, skin is. of our teeth, though. <laughs> I, I did, I did, Were you uh, just saving that the whole time, Sam? No, no, no. I, I, make I, us I took, nervous. I took a little pause there to look through the box art in my mind and then thought about the... Uh, that when, when I thought it was medieval, and then when he said sometimes undead, I remembered the beginning of the game as all zombies. All zombies. And yeah. Damon oh. kept raising his eyes when, when we mentioned the word zombie. And I know that's his one tell. So from there, <laughs> I was able to uh, narrow it. Yeah. Thank you, Damon's eyebrows. I was worried. And he, this is audio only, so like, so that's even more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> we can hear it. As far as anyone knows, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're so powerful, we can hear them over the audio waves. <laughs> Damon, are you proud of us? I'm very proud. Well, I was a little worried for you, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. We didn't even have to get a hint. And yeah. also, uh, do you think Seth's kids will be proud of us? Yeah, of course. No, they'll. No. They've never heard of Super Goals and Ghosts. I'm sure. Well, actually, well, no. then they'll be even Seth more proud their, of us. Seth is their dad, so they, they know all about it. Yeah, a, a win, a win is a win. That's yeah. what I say. Um, cool. Here's the question: Is Super Mario Brothers a human versus other game? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. That's the genre. That's the if you look it up on IGN, that's the genre. And that's what it says. It's the official label. Can you imagine Mario killing another human? <laughs> um, I mean, uh, it's a long Unless way to fall in uh, in Super Smash Brothers. But he isn't every block isn't in the actual lore, the canon of Mario. Every block is a Bowser's transformed all the animals into blocks. Mm -hmm. Well, the the kingdom, the residents of of yeah, Mushroom Kingdom. But those aren't humans. But then he, but then you know, he destroys those blocks. Like unlike Sonic the Hedgehog, which shows a little animal flying out of every robot enemy you kill. Like the blocks just go away. Yeah, Yeah. man, Sonic is human or, or Hedgehog versus robot. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Oh, we should probably... Doctor Robotnik's a human, though. Yeah. Eggman. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, that's all the Son- Sonic's Sonic's girlfriend this week. <laughs> uh, to our viewers, uh, who if you actually listened to this episode, uh, thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back in video next week. Uh, if you if you have your own suggestions for twenty questions or just questions for us, email them to me at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. There's no one working behind the scenes for me to thank. I'll just thank myself for putting this all together. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.